Welcome, Jezza, Mayor of Heathgate. How you going, mate? G'day, Matty. How are you? Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming down. Um, mate, you're here because we're going to talk about um, that day, the 2016 six-foot track that ended you up in hospital. But before we get into that, how long have you been running for? When, when did you get into running? Uh, I got into running probably around the beginning of probably the end of 2012 beginning of two, 2013 so not that long ago um i got into it basically um through my brother-in-law judge and basically i was sitting at home fat depressed whatever else and uh he just come knocking on the door and said come on jezza get outside and enjoy it so off i went and um was it a good introduction did he how long before he sort of signed you up for any races and and what races did he did he sign you up for so basically, I started running with him a little bit and a bloke called uh, Rod Burns, and uh, I had no idea, but they ended up signing me up for the Coastal Classic, and that was the following year, and that was a massive eye-opener for me, and a lot of fun, and um, yeah, a big challenge. So, just the Coastal Classic before you got into Six Foot? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. So I did the, before I got into the 25th, qualified for the 2015, so it must have been the 2014 Coastal Classic was the first one that I competed in. That's correct, yeah. Cool. So is that it? Coastal Classic, then six foot? Mate, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I've done a couple of Sutherland Surfs when I was about 18 or 19, but between uh, between then and then, and then, um, yeah, that was the uh, the first major one that I went in before six foot. Mate, you've just jolted in my memory. I've heard you talk up your um, Sutherland and Surf times. Do you remember? Do you remember any time? And I'm going to look it up so don't bullshit me, <laughs> mate. I think I did a really good time when I was about 17 years old, and I had a certificate somewhere, and it was either correct me if I'm wrong, but it was either 49 or 52 minutes. It was something like that. Um, I really tried to keep up with a guy called Andrew Lloyd, who you all know well. <laughs> from about Sutherland uh, with a couple other guys I used to run with through school and uh, mate we lost him somewhere before Miranda he was gone so yeah well he's a Commonwealth gold medalist we're not I'm not too surprised about that yeah yeah it was definitely a challenge to even stay near him at the start mate so you had a bit of um, a bit of base fitness going for you when you were 17 and then obviously you discovered beer and it went downhill from there? Yeah, pretty much, mate. I did stick with some surfing, which was really good. But, I mean, um, as far as aerobic-type fitness, um, I, I'd sort of stopped running by about 18-ish, uh, working sort of um, nights and days and just not having time, really. And then any time I had, I'd, I'd try to jump in the water and surf, pretty yep. much, yeah. Yep. And then, Judge, you got you back into the... Uh the running mate he did the yeah. running training yeah he did and obviously you're enjoying it you you enjoyed training you enjoyed the events what yeah. <laughs> you're looking at me is that uh is that correct or mate i did i i it was funny because um so when i started running with judge um trying to keep up with him was just ridiculous at the start you know he was always ahead of me and i always saw the back end of him which is you know a nice nice view you know not that bad, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, and then he eventually said, uh, look, we started this running group called Norg, Night Owl Running Group, and he said, um, mate, there's a point system involved with making it, and uh, it's out of 20, and he said, uh, you, you get a mark out of 10 if you're a, you're a decent bloke, and a mark out of 10, which is added to that, 
for your running ability. And he said, look, I'll give you a 10 for being a decent bloke and I'll give you one for your running ability. So 11 was a pass. So he said I was in. So, so that was my introduction to Nork. <laughs> did you ever get over 11? Or? Mate, I don't think I did. I think it took me for another year or two of being in Nork to actually keep up to the to the back end of your little uh, group. Um I was always quite the distance behind, but I'll tell you what, the camaraderie and the and the fact that the boys had sort of pushed me up the hills and and um, kept me motivated and stuff, mate, I, I really look forward to it every Thursday night, and yeah. still do. Yeah, good stuff. All right, mate, so let's, um, let's delve into the reason that you're here. So back in 2016, you did the six-foot track marathon, and for those people that don't know, it's a 45K run in the Blue Mountains. Well, Danny covered it in detail in episode one he did he go, did it was quite comprehensive i'm not even gonna no. talk about it. just just go back and listen to episode one you? and um so you did you did 2016 there was a group of us that did it we you, you did a reasonable amount of training for the event so leading up to the event did you do it in 20 did you do the same race in 2015 mate i did yeah so, so you, yeah go Oh, so yeah, so I did. I qualified um, with my coastal classic time. I think by one minute, got me into the six foot track. So I was really excited about that and trained the house down as much as I could for the twenty fifteen. Um, and to be honest with you, I think I finished it in around six hours. I think in twenty fifteen, it was pretty close to that. I think it was like a five hours and fifty nine minute kind of run. So. Um, pretty excited about that and, and trained quite a lot for that one, yeah. yeah. Okay, so leading up to 2016, did you do? had you done a lot less training leading into that, that event? Well, I had a bit of a bad run really because after that six-foot track, then came the Coastal Classic again in, was it September or something September, like that? Yep. Yeah. And I was really excited about that one because I felt really fit. I'd, I'd been up and watched the guys do the ultra trails or um and bits and pieces like that and i trained with the guys for that and i'd felt really fit and i felt good about that coastal classic except um great start and on the approach down to uh, burning palms i basically tripped on a tree root and ended up fracturing the sort of my leg basically um probably about half a half a stubby in height from the bottom of your foot up your ankle about that, if I can use that as a form of measurement. It's the only measurement. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, ended up finding out, like, fracturing that. So it was a long and um, painful walk into Gary Beach where I eventually withdrew um, from that race. And um, that was sort of the, I guess, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, really, because it wasn't until, honestly, the end of January until I could even run on it and then the six foot track comes around early March and so I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for that one. Um, I tried to keep fit doing other things but I mean I had a boot on for four to six weeks so I, I struggled to, to even put weight on it for some weeks after that so running on it was just a, a massive challenge. Um, I did a little trip up to Queensland and, and, and did a bit of flat running up there and, and felt good about that, but that wasn't until the, the start of January, so I, I sort of had to cram training after that. So you got, once you're on the start line for, for 2016, you got there and you're obviously underdone. Did it ever enter your mind that 
you know something could could seriously go wrong or you just thought no I've, I've done it last year I'll, I'll just battle through is that, <laughs> is that the mindset mate I think it is I think for a lot of us too it's kind of memory you sort of go yeah I've done it once before you know I could do it again you know and 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 probably being a little bit naive thinking that as well um, I knew I knew what's involved and I knew how much effort and passion people have for the race and the history of it and and um and I was ex- I was really excited to be there, you know, more than anything. And I think a lot of the time for me personally, excitement will get me through a lot of things that I may be scared of or, or whatever else. And the thing that I was concerned about, um, they changed, um, uh, what do you call it? They changed um, from using goos and stuff like that through to a different brand. And I know we talked about that in the past and stuff and... I was sort of that, that. That was probably the only thing I was really nervous about. Um, by that point, I'd you know I felt like my my ankle and my leg had come sort of good. So going into the race, um, you know, I, I felt okay about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the start of the race, we the I guess the the major the major concern, or whether it's a major concern or not, but we're all a little bit worried because it was going to be such a hot day. They were predicting, they were forecasting thirty degrees on the on the day. And uh, and I remember it, it was it was really hot out there. So walk us through the right. All you knew was that it was going to be a hot day. Yeah. So um, besides being sort of underdone training wise, walk us through the race starts. You're off with your wave. Um, you know you you felt alright to Cox's River. You felt alright for the first 10, 15 k's. Yeah, Maddie. So um, basically, the waves went off. I saw all you guys take off in front of me, and then it was my turn. And um, mate, the gun went off, and just just as per normal, everyone's running like thoroughbreds to the stairs, and um, got to the stairs and had absolutely no problem getting down the stairs, and in in areas of of sort of safe passing. Um, got to the bottom of the stairs, and. Um, then sort of took off along along the flats towards the river. So the first part of that race felt really good. Um, didn't really look at my watch too much, so I wasn't aware of how fast I was running or anything like that. I just wanted to enjoy the view, you know. Um, it's a beautiful run through those rolling hills and paddocks. Um, and, mate, to be honest, when I got down to the Cox's River, I think I was probably somewhere along the lines of being about almost 10 to 15 minutes behind where I was the year before um, and I, I sort of was aware of that at the Cox's River and crossing the Cox's River from there um, by the time we got there in my wave it was already starting to get quite warm uh, and I'd used a lot of my, my fluid up in my bag that I'd sort of pre-mixed um, sort of half strength power raid sort of my, my thing and uh, yeah mate so I got to the Cox's River felt felt okay felt hot and then just uh, from there it was onward and upward really so <laughs> that's when the race gets started really like, pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the coxes yeah up, up mini mini saddle up the pluvy so you've got from the coxes river you've got approximately nine k's of uphill uh, to you get to about the 25k mark. Is that at least nine, nine k's? It feels like forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a long, yeah, it's yeah. A long nine k's. Yeah, it is, but yeah, yeah. For anyone that doesn't run uphill or you haven't trained for uphill, that's bloody, it's a yeah, long way to go. That's a killer, yeah. So let's jump ahead to the top of the pluvy. How, how are you feeling there? Mate, pretty spent. Uh, very hot. Um, I took all your advice as well. A, a lot of marching in that area. There's a lot of... 
you know, um, through the saddle and things like that. There's a lot of running where you can, where it's flat, um, and then a lot of marching up the hills. Uh, I, I remembered from the year before, I got really excited about the fact that at the top of the Pluvia there was Coca-Cola waiting for you, so I was, I was pretty excited about that. Um, but, uh, mate, it was, it was very tough. I found it quite, quite tough, yeah. Yeah, and that's normal, but when you're unfit and it's, and it's 30 degrees, it's, it's, yeah, extra, it's, it's yeah. extra tough going. Yeah. So when did you when did you know, did you know that you're in trouble like some sort of trouble or what? So I'm thinking um, from 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 sort of as I looked through the race, there was a period of time there was a checkpoint um, in particular, which I guess was a bit of a a bit of a worry when when we were sort of coming through our wave and and in 2016 and and they'd ran out of um, electrolyte drinks. Period. Done. So I think it was about halfway through the race, I uh, heard that news. I noticed a lot of people around me had pulled out of the race. You know, it was hot. Um, there was a lot of vehicle traffic on the on the track as well by then too because a lot of people were pulling out through dehydration or injury. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was something to note that was a bit of a shock that they'd run out of electrolyte drinks. And I'm thinking to myself, God, lucky I have a, a spare sachet of Powerade but only one left in my pocket to mix. So... I was a little bit prepared, but nowhere near prepared for that. Um, and I guess um, I sort of looked look past that and thought, well, I could use whatever they've got at the stations from here on in to get to the end. And I look back and think at that, probably by about that point, I, I was probably starting to suffer then. But I just, I don't know why, but maybe it was just, I don't know, I just, I just had to finish this thing, you know. I, I couldn't not finish. Yeah, well, your pride's on the line. Well, yeah, maybe it is a bit like that too. But I, you know, I, I just kind of look back on things in life, and I just a lot of things I, I, I didn't finish, you know, and I, you feel bad about stuff like that, and you just think to yourself, you know, you, you here, you're here now. You want to enjoy it. You want to enjoy it with your friends. You want to get to the finish line, and you've just got to stay in front of those sweepers. And I think by the top of those hills and. On the approach to the Black Range, my my whole strategy had to change then because I had by that point I must have been that dehydrated. I had no idea what I was thinking, and all I do, all I do think was that I have to stay in front of these sweepers. And mate, I was doing anything to stay in front of them by that stage. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when you talk about sweepers, if for those people that um, aren't, aren't familiar with it, can you describe what the sweepers are and do? <laughs> Well, for guys like yourself, Maddie, um, you probably never know never know who they are or haven't seen them before. But for guys like me who are sort of tail end competitors, um, they're the guys with the little flags hanging out their back pocket. And what they are is they're a, they take off in set waves with you, and they have a certain pace they stick to the whole way through the race, and they will finish pretty much spot on um, in the allowed time for the event. So. Um, you know, if, if the cut off seven hours and, and you're in wave three, for instance, they'll take off in wave three and they'll finish the race within the seven hour time frame. So I guess the idea is, is you see them coming and you, you try and stay ahead of them. Um, and, and that was, that was probably my motivation at that point, uh, was to try and stay ahead of them. Yeah. Yep. To make the cut off. To make the cut off. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's, um, move forward to the end of the race. So you cross the line and um, is it all a bit of a blur crossing the line? What, what, what's happened? What's happened there? Well, um, coming 
back a little bit to the deviation point, um, I could hear the, the bells ringing for the finish line, which you can, and you can hear people cheering just for a, a short period. And, um, you know, at that point from there, I, you know, I was cramping so badly from my neck down. I, I was, I think I might have been in tears the whole way, basically, from there. It was it was the lowest I've ever felt in my life. And um, then when it comes to the approach where you, you can finally see Janolan Caves and you're coming down the hill and you, and you can, um, you know, the sweepers are next to me saying to me, come on, you're nearly there. We're, we're actually pushing you and, you know, we want you to finish. And something happened when I got to that top car park because I really don't remember finishing at all I, I know I did because I physically did but I, I guess I remember snippets of coming down the, the switchbacks and trying to hold onto the handrail but I was in that much pain I I don't I do not remember crossing the finish line at all mm. well I remember helping judge get you to uh, the first aid tent yeah. and um, yeah you were just you know just wiped out so they've taken the first aid tent, tried to give you some fluids, some ice, that sort of thing. Did you did you feel like you you came good after you'd cooled down? Because as soon as you get out, get in the shade, you, you know you you drop. It's ten degrees cooler, isn't it? Did yeah, did you yeah, start I, to feel? Do you remember coming good in in the first aid tent at the finish line? Yeah. So um, <laughs> thanks for your help too across the line, mate. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, I remember sort of coming too in the first aid tent. He was sort of waking me up. I saw Judge there and Danny Tool was there and yourself, Maddie, and uh, I sort of come to a little bit there. And 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 after that short bit of treatment that they and, and they do a great job, you know. And um, after a short bit of treatment, I I, f- I felt okay. I had a massive headache, um, but I, but I felt okay. Um, so I think someone put an ice block in my mouth and um, I just sat there in the chair and, in, you know, in the shade and you're right, you, your temperature drops, you feel a lot better. Um, and, um, yeah, from there just, uh, you know, obviously there was celebrations going on for everyone that enjoyed the race, some that had a hard race, some that didn't finish, but it's a terrific spot to be when you do finish a race. Um, so... When I finally did come with it, it was great to actually catch up with people. And at that point, um, I knew I'd had a hard day, and I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. But you know, things things seemed in my mind okay. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you never you never finish a seven hour marathon <laughs> feeling okay. It's a long time to be out there. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. But oh, I've got a pretty good. Uh, scale to work out how how bad a state you were in and okay and, let's uh, let's hear it mate and, let's hear it and my uh, my my scale is were you offered a beer and did you have a beer at the finish line okay so there's a lot of rumours going around about this because um you know some people had said oh did you know Jezza get on it or anything like that you know and well I guess the answer is no I I did get handed a beer at the end um and that's you know what you would do for your mates it's a it's a, a, a bottle full of carbohydrates and sugar, and certainly one's not going to hurt you. So, you know, I took it and, mate, I, I sat there and sipped on that thing for about half an hour, and it was probably warm by the time I finished it. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, I did. I enjoyed a beer, and um, as I said, I, I sort of woke up feeling like everything was okay and um, didn't expect anything anything from different from that, you know? Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. So... <clears throat> You've you've gone we've gone back from from uh, Cave's house at 
Geelong Caves. We've yep. gone back to yeah, back. we've got the bus yep. ride back to Katoomba. Um, you know, we've gotten changed. We've gone down the pub to get some dinner. Correct, yeah. And uh, you had dinner with us. From, I did. Yeah, yeah. You had dinner yep. with us from memory. Yep. And uh, you know, you, you were going okay. There was nothing to sort of indicate that you were going to end up in hospital at that stage. Oh no, um, no, not at all, no. But no. I think you'd made up. You made the decision even prior to the race that you were going to you were going to go home. You weren't going to stay that night anyway. Is, is that yeah, right? so that was a decision that I'd made. Um, I think on the way up, um, Bernsey and I'd sort of sort of said to each other, all right, well, um, let's go, let's go home. Um, he just sort of said, look, I'll drive, because I, 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 I was feeling pretty rough, you know, at that point, but um, not any different to you'd normally feel, and it was kind of like a paper, rock, scissors to see who felt the best to drive home. So, yeah, we made the decision to go home after that, but, yeah, certainly sat down to a nice dinner, and we all were sitting there stiff-legged and trying to sit on little stools in a Turkish takeaway restaurant. It was, it was about as classy as you can get it, really. <laughs> But, Live, um, we're living the dream. You're living the dream, mate, yeah. <laughs> so you've, you've gone home that night, um, yep. slept it off, felt, am I am I jumping ahead? Did you, did you sleep it off? Did you sleep all right that night? Mate, um, usually after a run, um, I do sleep actually pretty good. So um, that night, yeah, we got home and, um, you know, jumped the share and whatever else is per normal and um hopped into bed and um oh you, you got the jimmy legs a little bit and you you know you feel a bit off but when once you fall asleep you, you sleep like a log um yeah and then um woke up the next day and felt a little bit bit shit really um but you know nothing worse than you would you know you'd normally feel especially for someone who like you say it was hot i'd been out there a long time um and and my training hadn't really prepared me for for what had happened, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was really a perfect storm. Like you went in underdone. It was hot, and um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's looking down at me for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so the next morning you wake up, you're feeling pretty average. What happened then? So we're sitting around, and um, my wife came up to give me a bit of a kiss and a cuddle, and um, she sort of said, "Oh, mate, you're." Your skin's I'll really stop, hot. I'll stop you there. It's not that type of program. Oh, oh, oh sorry, guys. Let yeah. me let me rewind. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep it clean. Okay, yeah. anyway. <clears throat> so my wife came up to chat to me. And, uh, <laughs> hi, Tiana. And um, she sort of said, oh, you know, your skin, your face is really hot to touch, you know. And um, I said, oh, out of interest, let's just check my temperature. And uh, at that point, I think I was sort of rocking a, between a 38 and a 39 and um, felt really hot and a little bit off and and a bit very crampy in the legs and uh, a bit of a headache. And so, you know, we took some Nurofen and, and things like that and it, it didn't seem to go away. So I took some advice from uh, my mum actually and we, we went to Sutherland Hospital and um, they took me in through triage and suggested that I um, have a rest there in hospital for, for an hour or two and they put me on a, on a drip. And I put some fluids in me, yeah. yeah. See, so, did you know a couple of bags, a couple of litres? Yeah, my couple of bags, couple of couple of two litre bags. And um, once it was done, they sort of said to me, you know, can you read this? Can you see two fingers, one finger and all that sort of stuff? And, um, mate, they were pretty good. But, you know, I, I felt like, you know what, I, I probably just want to go home and sit on the lounge and just chill out the rest of the afternoon and um, try to let my body sort of recover, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so you did that? Mate, I did that, yeah. Yeah, so we went home and uh, 
I think I might have had a bit of food and, um, you know, we're still we're told to watch the temperatures and stuff like that and take Panadol and whatever else to, to, to do that. And uh, mate just sat there and just sipped on some Powerade and, um, you know, watched, watched a bit, bit of television. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and when did it go pear-shaped? So, okay, the, the famous question. So, you know, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm about to ring one of my good mates, Spooner, and write him off about how the Sharks are kicking St George's ass. And, uh, mate, pretty much first half, um, something hit me. And um, it hit me like a ton of bricks, you know. I, um, I remember sitting up and I felt this pain in the back of my head and back of my neck that was... Um, like someone had hit me with, with something in the back of my head and then I just, I couldn't see. I don't know whether my eyes are open or not, but I just couldn't see. And I remember calling out for my wife and um, she sort of, she came to help me and um, pretty much from there I, I knew something was wrong. You know, I knew something was really wrong, yeah. It's the most unusual, isn't it? Because you normally feel something coming on. You do, mate. For, yeah. For you to sort of feel mate, like it was like that out. click of the fingers. You know, it was it was crazy. Um, I'd never felt that before ever. Yeah. In, in anything. Um, and mate, yeah. From there, it was just massively downhill for me. Um, I, they helped me to bed, and um, my wife sort of sort of thought, God, you know, um, I. I'll call my dad, so Brian, um, Judge's old man, came up and he, he's got a heart monitor and um, he came up and he strapped the heart monitor on, a heart monitor on me in the um, thermometer and um, I was sitting on around 40 degrees body temperature by then and my heart rate was well over 100 beats a minute and I was laying flat in bed. Um, I mean, I felt freezing cold and I was layered up but, you know, obviously I was in a lot of trouble and um, from there my wife and my father-in-law basically saved my life by making the decision to take me straight to hospital yeah. pretty much yeah yeah and so what happened when you do you remember what happened or were you told what happened when you went to hospital yeah so i was told what happened I, I remember i remember tiny bits here and there uh so they took me to hospital raced me in uh, because i'd been there in the morning and they'd seen that i'd gone home and come back and they knew it was sort of serious um Basically, they rushed me in to emergency and my mum and dad were called because they sort of said, look, this is really, really bad. Um, and straight away from what I'm told, they were trying to drop my temperature because by that point it had gone up to about 41. So we're talking really hot um, and a lot can go wrong in high temperatures. Um, and so, you know, I... I I wasn't aware of what was happening other than the fact that I was told that my wife was there, my father-in-law was there, um, my mum and dad were there. They had me in resus. Um, they were trying to lower my body temperature by shoving ice everywhere they could around me. Um, and my wife was sort of asking, you know, do you put him in an ice bath? And they're like, no, we, we can't do that yet. We may have to use the paddles. We think he's going to have a massive heart attack really they're expecting you to have they, a heart they were attack. waiting for me to have a heart attack basically because at 40 odd degrees you, you everything stops working you're cooking yourself from the inside your brain starts to die and your heart just it just goes haywire and, and they were virtually waiting for me to have a heart attack so my poor mother and father my wife and my father-in-law like my mother-in-law was at home looking after my kids and it was 
it must have been horrible for yeah. them all. They they didn't know what was going to happen. It's touch and go. Mate, yeah, it was pretty serious. Yeah, very very serious. Um, so who who knows what would have happened? And they say that they say that um, afterwards that the the fact that my organs were shut down at that point, um, which I later found out, my kidneys and liver had shut down, stopped working really? completely. Yeah. Wow. And that had um, that had basically back pushed the byproducts backwards and was poisoning my inside of my body. So um, yeah, they were they were pretty much they were pretty much waiting for me to have a heart attack, and then they well, they didn't know what was going to happen. So they were just kind of watching me basically uh, in recess, and and I think that must have gone on for a couple of hours. Okay. Yeah. So this is the first few hours initially when you... Initially, yeah. Yeah, it's like straight away. Straight away, mate, yeah. Wow, so I can see what you're saying, that if you didn't get to hospital... I would have died at home. You would have died at home, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So walk us through after those few hours. Okay, so um, what they said to me happened was they managed to um, bring my heart rate, my resting heart rate down at that point to about 90 something 94 95 so i would come down from the 100 plus it was and my temperature they'd managed to sort of slowly bring that dip back down to about 39 but they just couldn't couldn't crack it so at some point through the night i had no idea what time they made the decision to move me to icu so from recess to icu um and i think they from there they started using special cooling blankets and you know, um, I had tubes coming out of everywhere and everything just to try and flush me out, cool me down and get me back to a point where they could start to find out what was really wrong with me and start treating me, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how long did you spend in hospital? Okay, so um, I woke up, I think, around Tuesday. So I was out from Sunday night all of Monday, maybe early hours, Tuesday morning I sort of come to. Um, I spent till Wednesday evening in ICU um, and then they moved me to a ward which um, uh, oncology ward like a cancer ward because it was quiet and they had um, constant care in the ward um, so through ICU um, there was constant as you could imagine constant testing and um, you know, they were worried about blood clots and this and that working and there was all sorts of stuff going on. So um, I basically got to a point where I just, I didn't want to be there and again tried to put on a bit of a brave face and by about the Friday I was allowed to go. Um, it was pretty tough because I hadn't seen my kids and you know, my wife had dropped in and they were only allowed to have my wife and my mum and dad and um, Judge's wife, Sarah, come down to see me as well. Um, and geez, by Thursday when I saw my kids, I was I was actually... Um, I, I had to sort of try to start walking again because I couldn't do anything. I was that weak. Um, you know, I, I had a, a frame to walk. So they, I, I used the frame to get to the meeting room and I hid the frame behind the door so my kids wouldn't see it. <laughs> wow. and, uh, and and that sort of broke me to be in hospital and, and you know, feel like I, I may have never seen those guys again as well. So that was the motivation to get the hell out of there as quick as I could. Wow. Once they gave me the okay to do so, yeah. 
Yeah. So you, you were you 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 were basically allowed to go home after about five days. Yeah, it? after about five days, I was allowed to go home, but there was constant monitoring. Um, pretty much from there, it was um, I had to go to my GP, get blood tested every couple of days, and make sure that things were coming back. At that point, my kidneys and liver um, were doing okay. Um, the, the, I had to go back into the hospital because they wanted to do another test to see whether or not I, I my kidneys, I, whether I was going to lose them or whether they were going to stay, or, you know, because they didn't know the extent of damage if it if it killed them because it takes a little while for them to die, so they can stop working, but they just either deteriorate or come back, and miraculously, both my kidneys and my liver had, had come back um, to the level they were happy with, so it meant that. Um, now it just became a, a waiting game and bed rest and just chilling out at home basically and didn't work for, I think I was at home for another four weeks after that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, mate, it's it's amazing just hearing the story. Is it hard for you to talk about? It's been, it's two years, like six, <laughs> we're two days out from Six Foot Track and, um, and so good luck to uh, everyone doing Good luck, everyone. <laughs> good luck, everyone racing uh, in two days' time. Yeah. But um, is it two years down the track, is it hard for you to talk about? I mean, it's it's hard for me to listen. Is it hard for you to talk about? Mate, it, do you know, it, um, it's hard for me because of how much it upset my family. Um, I, I don't really remember a lot of it. And... I'm sort of angry at a few things. I'm, I'm sort of angry at myself and I'm angry at... Um, anyway, that, that doesn't matter. But the biggest thing that really upset me was the fact that, you know, my wife, she hasn't gotten over it yet. And um, so shout out to Tiana, if you're listening. Um, and it, it, it still upsets us, really. It, it truly does, to be, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I joke about a lot of things and everyone... You know, things I'd take the piss out of it, but the hardest thing for me was that I may never have seen my wife and kids again, and it, and it, it terrifies me basically. Yeah. To be perfectly, to be brutally honest, like it, it terrified the shit out of me, really. So it's safe to assume that you won't be entering uh, any. Oh, not not this year anyway, mate. <laughs> but we can laugh about it now. So it's well, it's me. good. Like yeah. you, you've got to, you know, how how do you manage it? You know, like you, I guess you've got to see the lighter side to it and. And that's, that's one way to manage it, isn't it? You know? well, well, you do. And, and, I mean, it's funny, people's reactions when they heard about it at the start. And um, I think Tiana texted a photo to charge of me in hospital in the morning, you know, peace sign, getting some droops done, and everyone was laughing. Oh, well, Jezza, what's he done now? And then I think it might have been Hamo that um, said something, and he, he, he massive, a mad joke about something. He, know, he knows what I'm talking about. It was hilarious. I, I got a voicemail. Come on, Jezza, what are you doing, you dickhead? What are you, you pussy you laying in hospital for? What's wrong with you in this? And he had no idea what had happened. But I listened to that message about two weeks later and absolutely pissed myself laughing. And the fact is, is that apparently the look on his face when he found out what actually happened, judges like he's never seen Hamo quiet. He just went as quiet as a mouse. And so you you got to look at it like that too. And I'm very lucky that I came through it. And um, the support network around me and guys like yourself who um, took it on board and, 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 and maybe have, have used it a little bit to say, oh, God, this can really happen. So maybe I need to think about this a little bit more. And um, 
yeah, just the support of everyone, you know, guys like, you know, Charge and yourself, Maddie, and, and calls from um, Marty Keys and, um, you know, Danny and um, Hadfield and all, everyone. Just it was really nice to, to know that um, people were thinking of me and, and, and even now it's great to sort of walk around. And I, I think I've... I think I'm still about 11, really, on the scale of Norg, but, um, mate, it's it's just... Um, it's great to, to be here and to still be, be part of something great. And and looking forward, um, you're right, I, I'm probably never going to go on anything like that again. But um, I'm really excited to help others and um, I get really stoked now when I hear that my mates are going in races and they say, oh, you know, can you can you support me? Can you can you fill my waters up? Can you do this? Can you do that? And that, that kind of is a real driving motivation now really for me. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. good enough for you. You're not, man. Missing, that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're not missing the. No, you're not missing the race. Not. I mean, it's exciting. It, it truly is. It's exciting. But um, mate, no. I. You know, the only scary thing I do these days is go and surf and and do whatever. But um, I'm comfortable with that now. Yeah. yeah. Well, your missus would kill you if you. Yeah, today. Yeah, she's 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 keeping an eye on it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, any um, physically and mentally. It has are you left with any uh, any side effects? Uh, I am. I so having what happened to me brought on a few things that probably would have happened to me anyway. Um, I had reactive arthritis for a while afterwards, which was pretty bad. Um, I'd lost about twelve kilos in the first couple of weeks of it happening. And my joints and stuff really suffered for a good 12 months afterwards, which are sort of coming good now. So um, I guess the other thing too is, is um, you know, I ended up having to wear glasses now to read, which changed almost instantly, um, which, you know, I was advised that it's just something that would have happened to me later on that's just come a bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, and then when they did a test on me to check out my age, you know, they do the fitness sort of tests and they check your rough age and say, oh, yeah, you should be about 40. Well, mine was leaning closer to 50. So I sort of have aged some weird twisted time warp. I've sort of aged, yeah, you've a few jumped, years. Jumped yeah, years. I've jumped the gun a bit, mate. Because yeah. of the event? Because of, yeah, and, and what and what happened to my body, yeah, pretty much, yeah. So do you have any trouble cooling, like cooling yourself down? Because last, last time... <laughs> We did Norg, you were sweating bullets. Yeah, mate. <laughs> and I just thought, well, I mean, we can accept that he's really unfit. And uh, But but there, is there actually a, a physical limitation there? Mate, there is. And and you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to use that for a little while. Um, so yes, I, it, it is true. Rumours are true that I um, do carry a hand bottle now with me, even running a 5k ra- uh, run. Um, yeah, for some reason now, um, and they said it may be, they told me I'd may be susceptible to overheating a lot more easier than, than most would be. Uh, and yeah, I do feel it, mate, yeah, if I'm out in the sun or I'm, or I'm going for a run, even a five, six, seven, eight K run, mate, I, yeah, I do feel it, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of helped me make the decision that I'm not going to be a superstar marathon runner anymore. What, what do you think it is? What, what do you... F- it's not like a fitness. Is do you, does your body have a, a problem cooling itself? With uh, temp, temperature regulation. Well, they said to me, they said to me that with the condition, with with the condition that I went through, um, they did say to me that 
you may be susceptible. So there wasn't a defined condition as such that was, you know, put forward to me. But, you know, they just sort of said, usually nine times out of 10, anyone that's suffered from massive dehydration can be easily affected by it and for a short period of time or for a long period of time. So I, I, I don't know the technical sort of response to it, Matty, but basically, um, yeah, they said, look, it might might last for a couple of years, it might last forever. So, right. yeah, I just took it on board and so... You just managed just, just manage it, it as I go. Yeah, yeah. So what about um, when you're having your stone and woods? Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you... Um, because you used to love... I mean, still, everyone still loves a beer. I know. Oh, yeah, yes, Sacrilege. absolutely. Everyone loves a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you used to like, you know, on the weekends, letting your hair down and having six or more. Yeah. Do you have, uh, like, are you capped now at how many how many stone, stone and woods you can have? Mate, I, I actually drink stone and woods now because it's the only beer that I can drink now and not get heartburn from it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't... I. Another thing that's, which is probably a good thing, I made I'm more than satisfied now to have two or three and, and drive. Um, but yeah, if I let my hair down like I did with uh, Charge the other day, listening to um, the last podcast or, my, or last two podcasts, I must say, fine job, do. Uh, we did we did neck a few beers, and I think I might have got rid of a six pack. And jeez, uh, I felt it the next day, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you suffer more if you have. More like if you have six beers, you feel oh you feel worse than oh yeah day. absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I I definitely um it's probably a good thing actually to be honest it helps the bank bank balance and uh, it certainly um keeps keeps me good mate keeps me good yeah mm. and uh, that's pretty cool about the stain wood the only beer that doesn't <laughs> yeah, give you heart but yeah, you're not true. just saying that to keep our sponsors out mate mate you know I'm no no it's truth you know I've tried I've Geez, I've drunk a lot of beer, a lot of different beer, and tried all sorts of stuff. And for some reason, I think um, it must be something in the water from Byron Bay, all the ingredients they use, you know. Uh, and um, mate, it's just it, it goes down easy, glides in, it's enjoyable. Um, any other beer, I wake up about one o'clock in the morning and I'm just gargling like it's terrible. So, mate, that's my saving grace, my holy grail. Mate, stop it. That's sponsorship gold. <laughs> I can hear, I can hear that. They're can, knocking on the door, mate. I can hear the trucks driving <laughs> yeah. here now from Byron. That's, we wish, mate. We wish. That's gold. So, uh, this is a good segue for our beer sample. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. Because you, you would know that we critique a beer... Um, each show, yes, yeah, and uh, and we put it on the uh, stone and wood scale. We give it a, you know, you know how many how many stone and woods you'd give this one. And today we're looking at the uh, Williams Organic Pale Ale. And um, what do you think, mate? Mate, it's pretty nice actually. It's um, it's smooth. It's it's um, not too aggressive. It's it's not too bubbly. It doesn't have that fizz that you often get from a lot of pale ales. And maybe it's the organic side. Um, but it's definitely a smooth, nice beer, and it's as it says on the label, fresh um, citrus flavours. You get a little bit of that coming through. It's definitely easy to drink, and uh, mate, no. it's it's quite enjoyable. No heartburn yet, mate. Not yet. I'll, I'll have to text you later on tonight and let you know. <laughs> but mate, it's certainly the moment. It's definitely it's definitely up there on the scale. So I've got a couple more in the fridge, and you brought over two stone woods. I did just to be just yeah. to be right and true to the sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. So. When I go to the fridge, what am I getting? Am I bringing back another Williams or are you bringing back a Stone of Wood? I think we'll go the Pacific uh, Stone of Wood, mate. 
we've got to we've got to be true to ourselves. We have to be, mate, hundred percent. And I don't want you being kept up, you know, Thanks. Heartburn. Think it'll be muddy. That's great. Cheers. No worries. Well, mate, I'm glad you're alive. Uh, that was a really good segment. Thank you. And uh, appreciate you giving up your time. And um, look, I know that a lot of people will enjoy listening to your story, and and are also glad to uh, to have you around, and, and glad that you can share the story. So uh, thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks for coming in. No, thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me. Um, to be to be perfectly honest, I was pretty excited when I got the call up. Um, felt chuffed and a little bit nervous, and and all that sort of stuff. But mate, it's been great, and thank you very much. No worries, buddy. I'll uh, I'll see you at our next norg. Sounds good, mate.